You're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Hey, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Daniel chapter 6. We're going to just jump into some things this morning. I just have a heart. I tell you, I'm excited. Got up this morning, the wind was blowing, everything was blown over, it was raining, got in here, it was raining, it was raining inside, it was all kinds of things. We're going to have an awesome time today, hallelujah. Too many things going on, things happening, you know, uh, we had a crazy thing happen here last night, uh, different things going on, so, what, you know, uh, here at the church, because we, you know, we have our ring and we have stuff, and I thought, oh man, the devil's out, so that means God's going to do something good, Hallelujah. Someone says, yeah. Pastor, you always are so positive. I'm always so positive because the devil always shows his hand. He always tries to, to cause you to get concerned about different things. He's always trying to get you distracted. He's always trying to get you dis- discouraged. Amen? You know, we're going through and what we're going through is totally different than we've ever gone through. And, when I, and we don't keep looking at that. But what we do say is, listen, we've got to not let the distractions and the discouragement and the things that are going on around us stop us from worshiping and praising what is right with our Father God. But also what God wants us to look at and see what he wants to get on the inside of us. Because what we need to understand is that we're the ones in charge. Amen. The church is what God is doing and the church God is so focused on right now. And when I say the church, talking about the church universal, but God is so excited about those that are going to rise up with a voice because he's going to do miracle signs and wonders in your lives. That's why he is a way maker. He is a miracle worker. Amen. He's a promise keeper. I mean, gosh, his word, his word cannot fail. What did Jesus say about it? He said, not one, you know, dotting of the I or one cross in the T of my word will ever fail. My word will never fail. It's never going to pass away. God's word is established forever. What did Psalms 119 say? It says, your word, O Lord, is forever settled in heaven. What did Isaiah 55 verse 11 say? So shall my word be, the Lord says. And God says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish the thing whereunto I've sent it, and it will prosper in it. Hallelujah. God said, have I not said it? Have I not brought I not bring it to pass? Amen. God said some things. God said some things. And we can trust his word. Do you know that his word is the word of the king. His word is the word of the Lord. His word is the word of, it's his word. His word can't change. God's batting a thousand. You know that, right? He, he doesn't even get one strike. He's not allowed to have one mess up. Hallelujah. And you got up this morning and the earth is still here. Glory to God. God's word is still working in your life. Because the word is held together. The Bible says God formed the, wor- the world and all the universes by his word. And it's held together by his word. Yep. Amen. Yep. Hallelujah. See, so my title this morning, and we're going to talk about this because here in Daniel 6, it gives us a earthly king that said something and decreed something that could not be changed. But my title this morning, so that Greg gets it, hallelujah, is, you know, is the word of a king. And the reason I'm declaring that is because guess what? You are kings and priests. Hallelujah. That's what Revelation chapter 5 says, that he's made us kings and priests unto our God. So your word, hallelujah, can be powerful. Amen. 
It's the word of the king. But here's the thing. You need to understand what God said and, and really grab a hold of his word. Glory to God, because when you speak his word out of your mouth and when you believe that, things take place, things happen. And so we've got to hang on to that. Because how many of you know, did you read the back of the book? We win. We win. We get to have a new heaven and a new earth. We get to be with Jesus and the Lord and we get to be with God forever. Hallelujah. There's a few things that got to happen before then, but that's okay. In the midst of it, we may not know what's going on. That's why I like that song. And I like what declaring. It says, because even when we can't see that you're working. I mean, you know, God's hid a few things from us right now. He's not doing it the way I would want him to do it. Did you know that? He, he's not working things out the way I wanted him to work it out. There's been a few things in my life he didn't work out the way I wanted him to work it out, okay? There's been a few things even, I'm thinking, okay, God, you're going to do this. Okay, I can see this. And the minute I think I got it figured out, I don't got it figured out. So he says, well, doesn't that frustrate, doesn't that get you all upset? No, no, that just thrills my heart. I say, oh, God, I'm so glad you're bigger than my brain. So glad you're smarter than me. And I'm so glad that I get to walk by faith. I'm so glad I get to trust you. I knew that'd go over real big because nobody likes to walk by faith. Nobody likes to trust God. Anyways, look here in Daniel chapter 6, verse 8. They said, these guys came to, to the king and they said, Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which alter not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. And that what he signed was, is that nobody could pray or worship anything. Nobody could do anything for 30 days except to the king. So they got built up on his ego. Oh man, king, this is, we're going to do something really great for you because that means everybody's going to worship you for 30 days. So here it is. And, and when therefore King Darius signed the writing and, and the decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, when Daniel heard, you're not allowed to do this. You can't worship God anymore. You can't pray anymore. You can't do a lot of things anymore. When Daniel heard from the king, from the president, from all the things that are going on. Daniel heard, this is what the, the law of the land is. So here, now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled down upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime or as he did before. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying. They're watching this because that's who they wanted to get rid of. And making supplication before his God. Then they came near and they spake before the king concerning the king's decree. And they said, have you not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any God or man within 30 days save of you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? And the king answered and said, the thing is true, and according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which alter not, which means it cannot be changed. Then answered they, and they said before the king, hey, that Daniel, that Daniel, those Christians, my gosh, that's a bunch of Christians, terrorists, crazy people, no. Anyways, <laughs> that, that Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regards not you. He doesn't like you, O king. He's not listening to you. Nor the decree or the law that you have signed. 
but he makes his petition three times a day. Not only did he do it once, but he's doing it three times a day. He is doing, I mean, he's just doing things. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself. And he set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. He's like, oh man, I blew it. I listened to the wrong people. So he says, well, that's probably what, no, you know what? God is still God. And God can turn the captivity of a lot of things, whatever God needs to do. Amen. And so he labored till the going down of the sun to to deliver him. And these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, now king, know, O king, that the law of the Medes and the Persians is that no decree or statute which the king established may be changed. Because if he changes his word, then he no longer becomes sovereign and the circumstance or whatever else change that becomes the sovereign thing. You know what happens is, is that when we don't value our word and we don't value God's word and we allow the circumstances to change the reality of the word, it makes the circumstances sovereign instead of the word. And what I mean by sovereign, it makes the circumstances override the power of the word, of what God's word says. And you can't do that. Just like here in the Nazis, it can't be changed. Then the king, look at verse 16. Then the king commanded and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and he said unto Daniel, thy God whom you serve continually, he will deliver thee. He's sure hoping. Because we're going to read a little longer in here that he didn't have much faith in this, but he's, he's like, he's sure hoping. And as... And then a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the, um, of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his, of his lords that purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went into his palace, and he did a whole bunch of things here. You know, and look at verse 20. He says, and when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice, which simply means he didn't believe. He's like, oh, Daniel. The king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom you serve continually able to deliver you from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. No big deal. (laughs) He says, My God has sent his angel, and they shut the lion's mouth, and they have not hurt me. For as much as before him in innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, I have done no hurt hurt. Amen. You know, everybody wants to have the wonderful story about the lions being mouth, but nobody wants to stand up and pray three times a day and defy what's going on around them. Nobody wants to be said and done. You know, Daniel didn't let that bother. He heard about it. He knew it was signed. That didn't stop him from praying, didn't stop him from worshiping God, didn't stop him from doing what he needed to do or what he has always done. Daniel didn't do something new. He didn't all of a sudden say, oh, bless God, we've got a cause. Ooh, y'all got nervous on that one. Because everybody rallies, you know, when there's things. But you know what? We got, we've got to have things that we do. We continue to do the same things that we have done. The same things that we are supposed to be doing. Hallelujah. And here's the thing about it. You know, the, the king was so, look at verse 23. And we're going to probably stop there. Then was the king exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den. And no manner of hurt was found upon because... He believed in his God. See, when you believe in the word of the Lord, it changes everything. See, when we understand, see, it's the word of the king, and the word of the king in the Medes and the Persians could not be changed. 
The king couldn't fix it. He couldn't say, well, I'm going to make a difference. Now, you remember the story of Esther and Mordecai and Haman. Remember, Haman got the king to make a decree saying all the Jews need to be died to get killed. And it's like, you can't change it. Haman's like, you can't change it. He did. He made a decree that all the Jews... And then when Esther came in and talked to the king and said, king, this is what you've done. This is what's taking place. And the king goes, I can't change the law, but I'll make another law that the Jews can defend themselves. And when everybody heard that the Jews could rise up and defend themselves and not be punished, they didn't attack them. <laughs> Boy, we could go a thousand ways right now. I want to want to get so over on this side, but we're going to stay over on this side, okay? Hallelujah. Just got a great revelation right there. It was so good. Praise the Lord. Everybody just take a deep breath. Hallelujah. (laughs) Isn't it amazing that when Jesus declared, when he said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but not one, not my words will never pass away. He said, it's not my words will never pass away. My words are forever settled in heaven. This is what we need to do. See, one of the things that happens to us is that we look and see and we say, well, God said, well, yeah, well, what did God say? What did God say about us? What has he spoken over us? Hallelujah. Because God said he he will hasten his word to perform it. His word's not going to change. God said, I am the Lord God. I change not. Hebrews, what, 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ the same today or yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. We see things here that, that, that transpire. We see some things and we say, well, why can't people just, because see, most people's words today don't mean anything. You know? Because, I mean, this king in Daniel's case, he didn't want to do that. Why didn't he just say, hey, you know what? That was a dumb law. We're not going to do that. He couldn't because his word, and if he changes his word, he no longer is king. See, we don't value our words. You need to understand that your word and it is the word of a king because that's who you are. If you're born again, if you made Jesus the Lord of your life because your word, God said in, in Revelation 5 that he made us kings and priests unto our God, that our words have power in them. And if you honor your word and you honor what God's word says, it'll produce life in you. It'll produce the same results that it produced for Jesus. It's the same results that it'll produce uh, for everything else that's in the word of God. You remember John chapter 14, verse 12, and he said, the works that I do shall you do also. Jesus is doing the talking. We get all nervous when we hear scriptures like this. We get all nervous when we talk about, yeah, but that was Jesus. Yeah, that was Daniel. That's the, yeah, these are stories, but these are truths. This is history. These are things that take place. And when we take hold of the word of God, it changes everything. See, because God is not only a personal God, but he's a promising God. And not only is he a promising God, and he always keeps his promises, he's a performer. God, he likes to do a performance. God loves to put on a show. Man, don't you know that when Jesus came, was born, that was a show. I mean, the angels have filled the sky. The shepherds are there terrified. Hey, 
hey, guess what's happening today? Don't you know that on the resurrection, that was a show. The, I mean, that stone was rolled away. There was a mighty earthquake. Boom, and Jesus was raised up. Glory to God. And all hell trembled. And don't you know it's going to be an incredible sh- show that when we, the church, are taken up out of here. Hallelujah. And it's going to be a great show when Jesus comes back and establishes his kingdom on the earth. There's going to be some show. Glory to God. But you know, God wants to do that. He desires to put on a show for you and I, but he's looking for us to honor his word. Amen. See, we've got God's word on it that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. We've got God's word on it. He's always going to supply our needs. We've got God's word on it that he's going to protect us. We've got God's word on it that he's going to go before us like a shield. Because, you know, I've been talking to people and different things, and people say, well, Pastor, what are we going to do if this happens or that happens? You know, you know I, I humorously say, and, and part of me, which is the human side of me, you know, wants to jump up and fight, okay? That's just the, the man side, the human side. That's me, okay? Let's just do it, you know? Why don't we just do what we need to do here, you know? Let's make it happen. But you can't do that, okay? You hear that? See, now I'm telling you, you can't do that. It's not a good thing. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that that grips me. And listen to me very carefully here right now. Because see, God fights our battles. God's for us. People don't want to come against us. Because see, God doesn't want anybody to die lost and go to hell. Amen? I mean, I pray. I'm praying for our president. I'm praying for our governor. I pray for all that. That's tough. It's hard. So how are you praying? God, kill him? No, I'm not praying that way, okay? I'm praying. I'm asking God. I'm asking God to save them. I'm asking God to send laborers across their path. I'm asking God to turn around. I'm asking God to take a big angel, come down and grab their tongue and speak through them, speak life. Hallelujah. Because I've seen that happen before. So I'm, I'm praying for a lot of things to take place. But also, I'm asking God for mercy. Because, see, you don't want to come against the church because God fights for the church. I mean, what do you do when you're fighting against God? You lose. Okay? We're not going to lose. We can't lose. We might lose little things, but we can't because we're doing what God says. And until God's done with the church, the church is always going to reign. The church is always going to be in authority. The church is always going to have power. Hallelujah. We're always going to be the ones that declare and say what God's going to do. We're not going to back away from anything. We know this law has been made or this law has been made. That doesn't matter. We're still going to praise God. We're still going to worship God. We're still going to gather together. We're still going to do the things that God's called us to do because that's what we do and all those that come against us we have to pray that hey you don't want to mess with God because God fights our battles amen we want to have mercy see when you read about God when God fights God opens up the earth and swallows people He makes the earth become Pac-Man. I mean, man, starts chewing things, okay? You know, when God sends an angel, we see 85,000 people killed in the space of three hours. You don't mess with God, okay? God's a serious thing. And when you, you know, here you got it when people think, well, I'm bigger than God, then God sends worms and eats them up. I mean, it's, it's serious stuff. I love what the Bible says. I say, God, you can do any, and, you, know, I, you know, just in jokingly, I just say, Lord, if you want to do any of those things, you know, to those that are doing that, man, what a testimony, what a, what a sign and a wonder we could do here, you know, hallelujah. I mean, I'm like you, I mean, you, you want to, you want to grab a hold, you want to do things, but here, here it is right here in, 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 in understanding the promises of God and your word in agreement with the word of God. 
I wrote this down. The promises of God contain a revelation of what Jesus is eager to do for us. I mean, he wants to do it. He wouldn't have said it if he didn't want to do it. The greatness of God's promises is seen in their ability to meet all of our needs. And not only to meet all of our needs, but to feel all of our capacity of what we need in there too. Their unchangeableness makes them exceedingly great and precious because it removes all reason of doubt. It removes all reason of doubt. About what? About their ability to be fulfilled. They have to be fulfilled. Every promise of God, every word of God has a day of fulfillment. Hallelujah. So if you've read in the word of God, if you've seen things, wait a minute, God's promises, God's saying, glory to God, hallelujah. I want to see your power, I want to see your glory. Father, you said these things are going to come, and so I'm just looking, looking, looking for that because God made it personal. Remember, remember Paul said, according to my gospel, my gospel, he made it personal. It was a personal gospel. It's amazing how many people, too, they come and say, well, how do you know that what you're preaching or what you're teaching is true? I just tell you what this is and let you do your own thinking about it. I'm going to tell you what I know. Tell you what I know about the word of God. Tell you what I know and what I believe. Because the word of God works. The word of God produces life. It produces everything that I have need of because this word is truth. He said in John 17, 17, of course, it says, well, but it's in your book. It is. You know, all of the religions have a book, too. But my book causes eternal life. My book opens the blind eyes. My book makes the lame to walk. (laughs) Hallelujah. My my book causes miracles, signs, and wonders to happen. Hallelujah. Changes everything. Amen. Mine declares that Jesus, not only did he die and what is he raised from the dead, but he sent the Holy Spirit to come and to live and to dwell in me. Hallelujah. That that same spirit that raised him up dwells on the inside. That gives me that power, gives me that knowledge, gives me that unction, gives me that knowing on the inside of him how awesome God is. And the wonderful thing about it is, is that mine declares how, to, how great and how wonderful and how loving God is that it's, you have a right to come and want it, but God doesn't force it. See, if you don't agree with me, then I, you know, I'm not, you know, according to my book, I'm not supposed to kill you. According to everybody else's, they're supposed to kill you because you don't believe with them or you don't agree with them. See, that's why Christians you say, well, how come ours didn't say that? They just, just didn't say that. You can't do that. You know, because God's hand is upon us. Amen. God's hand is upon us. Why is it so important to make the gospel and your relationship personal? Because when you make God personal, hallelujah. Here's what happens. It doesn't matter what anybody else says or does or thinks. You get set free from all of everybody else's brains because <laughs> your happiness is not found in somebody else's mind or what they think about you. Your happiness is not found in what everybody else is saying to you. Your happiness and your joy and peace is found in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and it changes because when you make God personal, then, hallelujah, you begin to make God a promising God and when all the promises of God are yes and amen, the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. All of the promises that God said are yes and amen, and in Christ they are so be it. 
Now, I know he said, well, you're just making it. No, I'm telling you that God wants to be with you in the midst of chaos. He wants to be with you in the midst of hurt. You say, well, this didn't happen. I prayed about this and this person didn't, you know, they didn't live. They, they went to heaven or I prayed about this. You know, we've had a few things that have taken place that are in very close connection with Harvest Bible Church. Precious folks, precious things. But see, the word of God, all of the word of God is real. You know, we're praying for our desire. We're praying for our things. And so we didn't get our desires. But in the midst of that, when there is the hurt, the pain, God said he sent the Holy Spirit who was our comforter. Hallelujah. He's our comforter. Hallelujah. He's the father of mercies. And so he loves us and he'll gather us and he'll strengthen. And so we weep with those that weep. We rejoice with those that rejoice. So the word of God says, I'm going to give you strength. He said, don't, don't grieve like those that have no hope. See, the word of God still sets us free and changes us. See, we look at this thing and we go, well, see, because see, God has an answer. See, the word of God is suitable for every need we have, whatever need we have. No matter what we're going through. No matter what is happening, no matter what's transpiring, glory to God, God's hand is upon us. Amen? And see, we've got the word of the Lord. That's why scriptures and the, the Bible are so vitally important. Because here's the thing, you guys, well, this is coming against me. Look at this. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah 54, 17, and I say this a lot because I like this verse. You know, it says no weapon formed against you can prosper. No weapon formed against you can prosper. doesn't say it's not going to be formed. doesn't mean you're not going to get threatened. It just means it can't prosper. No weapon formed against you can prosper. And this, you know, I love the second part. Getting ready for this. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment. That means everybody that's judging you, everybody that's coming, all these words have been spoken against you. You get to condemn them. You get to take authority over them. You get to say, no, they're not going to have any power. They're not going to have anything. They don't have anything over me. Amen. He said, no weapon formed against you can prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn, says the Lord. Amen. Because he said, you know, they are of me. He says, and their righteousness is of me. Their righteousness, which God says, hey, listen, I'm going to fight their battle. Amen. I mean, God's going to fight our battle. You go, whoa, man, I like this. This is really cool. Hallelujah. You know, and, and, and what he said too, he said, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And we're not only servants, but we're sons and we're daughters. We got a promise. I don't know about you, but I'm preaching me happy. I'm doing good. Because I hadn't even got to the performing. I mean, he's a personal, he's a, he's a promising, but he's also a performing God. So why do I share this is because God wants us to side in with him. Yeah, there's going to be threats. There's going to be uh, 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 things that are going to be said and done. And we hear and we see, but we've got to make sure that we're focusing in on what God is saying. And what he's doing. Because he's promised some things for us. His promises are still true. Amen. His promises are still true. I mean, they're still ours. Hallelujah. Glory to God. They're they're still ours and they're still wonderful. That's what we have. Amen. Glory to God. I mean, we thank God for that. Hallelujah. You know, and and in fact, if you want to go there, go to 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 1 and look at verse 20. Because I want you to get this. I want you to get that your words are so powerful, but your words are going to be believing what God's word. But God's word can't fail. 
we've heard all these things here and we've let everything that everybody else is saying, yeah, but they said this. Who cares? God said this. Daniel knew it was a law. Daniel knew it was written. Daniel knew they were going to get thrown in the lion's den. Daniel prayed three times a day like he always does. I said, were they going to throw it? Yeah. Okay. Hey. Remember the three Hebrew children? They said, listen, Nebuchadnezzar, hey, if you're going to throw us in, fine. But, it, you know, if you, if, whether you do or you don't, and our God, whether he does or he doesn't, understand this, we ain't never bound down to you. <sighs> Hallelujah. Amen. And, of course, we know, we know the story. It makes for a great story. Throw three guys in there, four guys walking around. Hallelujah. Did not we throw three in? Yep, there's a fourth man in there. There's a fourth man in the fire. Listen, God wants to do some supernatural things. There's a lot of stuff, but thank God God's going to move. Look what he says here. You know, in verse 20, he says, For all the promises of God in him or in Jesus, hallelujah, are yes and in him, amen, so be it, unto the glory of God by us. Now look at the next verse. <clears throat> you know, he says, now he which establishes us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God. And he also has sealed us and given us the earnest or the down payment of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. I mean, that just thrills my heart so bad because I think the Holy Spirit coming to live in me is only the down payment of my inheritance of what all we get. It's just the beginning. I can't even imagine what all we get or what all we got. He said, this is the heritage. This is what belongs to us. Why? Because God said it. He said, because you've received me as your Lord and Savior, this is yours. These promises are yours. I'm going to be there. I'm going to stand. I'm backing it all up. The word of the Lord came. And when the word of the Lord comes, it changes everything. Hallelujah. It changes everything. Hallelujah. You remember in Luke's gospel, chapter one, remember Mary, the angel comes down to Mary and he begins to talk to her and he, and he tells her, you know, she tells her how she's going to have, you know, the Lord, she's going to do all this. And after he talks to her and tells her everything, her wonderful saying was this, you know, let it be what you said to me. And then it was like this, there shall be a performance of what you said. Now, how many of you see God performing in your life, that he's going to do a performance, that he got to see this? Do you know one of the greatest things that we've done and messed everything up with is we've allowed our imagination to work against us instead of for us. Most of you, your imagination runs wild to the negative side. I mean, it used to be when you're doing algebra, it's a negative to the 10th degree, okay? All that kind of, I mean, you guys, I mean, you got the power of 10 going on big time. You've already planned out your funeral. I mean, you've planned out your demise. But did you know that the imagination is something God placed within you? And your, 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 your ability to dream, your ability to imagine, your, was something God put in you so that you could use it for your, his glory, so that you could use it for your benefit, not your demise. The devil has stolen that and made it you to think along this line and used your imagination to defeat you instead of encourage you. 
See, most people don't ever change the picture on the inside. So no matter what they try to do on the outside, nothing changes. God always changes us from the inside out. Things change in you before they ever change out of you. And they got to change in you your picture of yourself, your picture of your word. Because if you don't honor your word, if you don't believe that your word has power, you're not going to believe God's word has power. Y'all okay? Y'all doing good? All right. God God desires. And and here's the thing, too. I love this verse in, in Job. Job said this. He said, God performs the things that he has appointed for me. He says, and many such things are with him, the King James Version. But you look at other words, it says, God has some divine appointments for me. How many of you know that God has some divine appointments for you? See, some of you, you think, well, you know what? My life is this. No, no, listen. Your life is only just begun right now. I don't care if you're 102. Your life, God has something in store. God has something that's just going to change. There's going to be something that molds it there if you begin to believe that he's got some things for you. To believe that and, and to begin to acknowledge that and say, okay, Lord, here's where we're at. Why is it so important to understand the word of the king? Because you need to understand the word of God and then our own words changes our direction, changes who we are. It does. It changes. It molds us. It makes us. It it does these things there. And after we get hit, you know, I did a sermon, you know, uh, last year about after the hit. What does that mean? It means after your prayer didn't get answered, after someone dies that you prayed for, or after something you were believing didn't come to pass. You know, and you, how do you walk it through? How do, how do you come out of that? It's a challenge. There are challenges. But the way that you come out of it is that you begin to lift up your eyes and say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you in that trust, you know, and in doing that, hallelujah, you know. First thing you got to do is I always do this. Because I've had many things happen. But I always go back to this first thing. And if you haven't gotten anything else, get this. Because this will help you walk a walk and help you, you know, understand when bad things happen, how you walk out of it. First of all, you just go back to, wait a minute. What do I know to be so true in my life? So I always go back to say, you know, the one thing I know that's true is that Jesus loves me and I love Jesus. And I know that I'm born again. And he's my Lord. He's my Savior. That's never going to change. So I always go back to his life is in me. And since your life is in me, hallelujah, and the same spirit is in me that raised it, you're going to raise me back up. And I'm going to trust you. I may not know how. I may not know when. But the first step that I have to do is I have to agree that what he said. See, I go back to my new birth. I don't go back to my childhood. Let me figure some things out of how I was treated when I was a child. No, I go back to my new birth because my new birth is the real birth. I don't have to go back to my first birth because my new birth changed my first birth. I never go back to my first birth. You don't have to go. Why would I go back to that? I go back to my new birth. And I was born again as a child, but I go back to my new birth. What do I know? 
I'm going to agree that God's life is in me because I can't get God's help unless I'm in agreement with him. How can two walk together unless they agree? If I don't agree, so I got to agree, God, you're still God. You're still God. Amen? And because of that belief, my second thing is that I believe that because of my relationship, my life with him can change everything else around me. God, you're going to make it better. You're going to work it out. You're going to, do, you're going to bring it out. You're going to rise it up. I'm not going to let the circumstance that I'm seeing right now or the experience that I'm experiencing right now stop what is really true about you. I'll never forget when God gave me, a, you know, and I'm sure I got it from somebody else. He said, never let what's wrong with you stop you from worshiping what's right with me. Because how have you ever been where you just got so low and you got just, I don't want to worship God. I don't want to hear anything about faith. I don't want to hear anything about God. I don't want to hear anything about anything. And God always reminds me of my preaching. He'll say, hey, don't let what's wrong with you stop you from worshiping what's right with me. And I say, okay. Because just like she's, you know, Pastor Pamela said about, hey, is there come a time in your life where you've got to lift your voice and you've got to worship? Absolutely. Because you've got to let what you believe overcome the circumstances that you're experiencing or what you're experiencing has got to line up with what you believe. Hallelujah. You never take your beliefs and line them up with your circumstance or line them up with what you're experiencing. You always take what you're experiencing or the circumstance and line it up with the word of God. And if it's not right, the word of God's always the right thing to do. It's always taking hold of that. Hallelujah. That's why then you don't, you don't allow what the enemy has tried to do to mess you up. Amen. Hallelujah. And then here's the clincher, though. And this is the hardest thing because this goes all the way back to exactly what I'm saying. And we're going to close on this because I've given you so much and we've done so much that your head is spinning. But that's okay because it's good. When you understand that the word of God never fails, then you do is you take hold what you believe in your heart and you actually say it with your mouth. That God, you're going to raise me up out of these ashes. God, you're going to restore the joy of my salvation. God, you're going to cause me to rise up and walk again. You're going to cause me to rise up to believe and the joy of my salvation is going to come again. Amen. I'm going to believe and then I'm going to speak with my mouth what is true despite what I feel, despite what's going on, despite what anybody else says. Because how many of you know misery loves company? How many of you know we live in a negative world and when you're happy and smiling, people are mad at you? You know, I mean, they just are mad when you're, but see, we can't help that. We can't help what's going on around us, but we can change everything around us by our attitudes, by our strength. Because see, faith never denies the reality of things. It only changes it. See, what do you mean? Well, faith says, listen, okay, that's what it looks like. looks like it's here. Hey, I'm just going to tell you this. My faith is giving substance to that which I hope for. Glory to God. I'm just going to say, hey, there's something here, but you can't stay. There's something trying to come, this discouragement or uh, uh, just doubt. Or there's something that's trying to come that's trying to make me get down or get frustrated. or get. Th- say, wait a minute. Whoa, I see that you're coming, but you can't stay. 
you can't stay because my faith is going to change. My, the truth of the word of God always overrides what's going on in my life. Hallelujah. See, thoughts can come. And that about your heads right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. Thoughts may come and thoughts may persist. But if you don't act on those thoughts, they just die and they'll fall by the wayside. You've got to take control of the thoughts that come. The Bible says to bring every thought into obedience of Christ, which means you've got to bring every thought into the word of God. See, the enemy wants to say, well, it sounds so good, it sounds so great, but I don't know about me. Listen, your word, if Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, if you've made Jesus Christ the Lord, now if you haven't, we're going to give you that opportunity. But if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, hallelujah, God's hand, his plan, his purpose, and you've been born again, and you've made Jesus the Lord, then guess what? You can rise up out of the ashes. You can rise up out of the hurt. Hallelujah. You shall love again. You shall live again. You shall walk again. And you shall run again. Hallelujah. I don't know exactly who's all that's for. I think it's for probably more than just one. But what happens is, is that we have a tendency to hear. And we think, isn't that nice? No, but we got a word from God. We got the word of the Lord. We got the word of a king. The word of the king, the word of the Lord, that Jesus sent his word. Hallelujah. Psalms 107 and verse 20 says that he, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them out of their, all their troubles. He sent his word. Hallelujah. He declares. And as we speak the word of God, it changes our lives because his word is what changes us. It's how we got born again. We believed in our heart and we confessed with our mouth the Lord Jesus. You can't get born again any other way. It's the only way to get to heaven. Romans 10, 9 and 10, when it talks about if we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth, we shall be saved. Why? Because with our heart, we believe unto righteousness, but with our mouth, we confess our salvation. It's unto us to salvation, which simply means we can't be saved without saying, Jesus I want you as my Lord and my Savior and I take you and I receive it and I declare Jesus you're my Lord and you're my Savior Father my heart's cry for each and every person here before we do any altar call anything is that right now they would be like the Apostle Paul when he was on that ship and it looked like all hope was lost and they hadn't seen the sun the stars or the moon or anything in two weeks it looked like everything was hopeless But an angel stood by Paul and an angel began to declare and say, Paul, you've got to go before Rome and I've given you the whole ship. And when the angel declared, Paul got up and he said these things. Hallelujah. He got up and he began to say, hey, an angel stood by me. So let me just share with you guys. I belong to God. Listen, church, you belong to God. You're God's children. He is the greatest father in all the world. You belong to God. So you could say, wait a minute, I belong to God. I'm a child of God. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. Hallelujah. But not only did he say that, but he said, hey guys, I'm a servant of God. I serve God. I'm anointed by God. I serve him. Not only do I belong to him, but I'm serving him. 
And he sent this angel. And here's what he said. And he told him, he said, so let me just share with you. Not only do I belong to God, no, I belong, not only do I serve God, but it shall be even as it was told unto me. I believe what the angel said and what God says. I believe his word. And we know the rest of the story that everybody was saved and everybody was delivered. They lost their ship, but glory to God, they kept their lives. Now, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you're here, and you don't know Jesus Christ as a personal Lord and Savior. That's why I talked about he was a personal God. He's a personal God. He's a promising God. And he's a performing God. And here's the thing. Even if you think God's let you down, he hasn't. You say, well, I did all that. You know, you may have done all you knew to do. But you probably just didn't know enough to receive on some things. But don't let that beat you up. That's not putting you down. See, God is God. And when you understand how wonderful he is and you trust him, he's the only one that can help. He's the only one that can bring life. He's the only one. He sent Jesus for you and I. Believing in Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. It is the only way. I don't, there's no other way. There's a lot of ways to get to Jesus, but there's only one way to get to heaven. And that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. And not only for those of you that are here, but those that are watching. Many times we think, well, what do you mean? Just saying something with my mouth is going to change me? No, it's believing in your heart and saying something with your mouth that'll change you. God made it simple because he made it so that all could do it. And it's just believing and crying and saying, God, here am I. But you've got to declare that he is because your word produces power in your life. So if you're here and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life right now, I'm not asking you to join this church. I'm asking you, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? This is about personally. You know that. You can fool a lot of people, but you can't fool Jesus and you can't fool the Father. So if you're here and you say, yeah, that's me. Would you pray for me? Just raise your hand. Just acknowledge God. You raise your hand, you acknowledge, hey, God, I'm here. I want you. I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care about anything else. This is between me and you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So just raise it up. I want to see it because I want to pray. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And if you're watching, you just raise your hand where you're watching right there. Father, I'm going to believe that every person saved then because I don't know why anyone would not let Jesus Christ be the Lord of their life. Who wants to go through this life all by themselves? So, Lord, thank you for these, the body of Christ. So, Father, this message was for them, and it's the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. It's a word of a king. Not only do we serve the king of kings and the Lord of lords, but he made us kings and priests unto our God. That he made us so that our word has power. That it changes the circumstances around us. But, Father, first of all, we just need to believe your word. We need to have faith in your word. That you said you'd never leave us, nor forsake us. That your word says, hallelujah, that you're the one that has anointed the church. You're the one that has these promises in your word will come to pass in our lives. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Father, that they're changing the vision that's inside of them. They're changing the vision and changing their imaginations. Thank you, Lord, for that. Father, I, I, I honor you and love you and praise you for it. Yes, I do, Lord. I do. I do. Because as we begin to just take hold of your word, we believe that what you said about us is true. Oh, you've said so many things, Father. And I just honor you and love you for it. 
Father, as we go out of these doors, we go out into a mission field. We go out to share with a lost and dying world. Let us be lights that shine out there. Father, cause your church to be the church that it needs to be in power and in demonstration. Hallelujah. So, Lord, we honor you for that. We thank you for these amazing folks that are here and those that are watching too. Father, it's in Jesus' wonderful name that we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon. 